Welcome to Team Rebel Edition 228. So much love with astrologer, teacher, YouTuber Leo. Join the team as we get to know Tom Lesher, aka Kai Pacha, an amazing soul who has guided many through the truths of the zodiac, whether it's leading newparadigmastrology.com, practicing Kriya Yoga, living that Pura Vida life in Costa Rica, or connecting souls through his enthusiastic and astrological musings via his Pele report. This guy knows how to howl with the best of them. Yeah, baby. Welcome, Kaipacha. That was my attempt to go. You tend to say, yeah, baby. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Raphael. baby. Exactly. I was like, Raphael, it does, you know, I don't, he doesn't want you like I do. So I was like, uh, you can do this or not if you want to. If not, whatever. Good try, Raphael. I appreciate it. Um, so Kaipacha, I'm certainly I, not looking to emulate anybody. So, yeah. Rebel, rebel. All right. So, um, something we do here uh, on the uh, podcast is correspond the episode. In this case, it's 228, which reduces down to three, which is the Empress card. I fully embrace life's rich fecundity. The Empress is about everything is possible, allowing abundance into your life, tapping into the creative flow of the universe, and starting something nurturing. Raphael, what angel card do you have? Number 42 is the Angel of Political Authority, interestingly enough, named Mikael. This angel belonging to the powers helps you travel safely, helps businessmen, people in high society, and helps unravel conspiracies as well as political or social disorders. The meaning is, of course, who is like God? In a tarot ta, it is associated to the Four of Swords, and the affirmation goes, I take the time to think things out carefully before I commit. Qualities include political order, unmasking traitors, teacher, protection against accidents, and knowledge of good and evil. That's what's up. So, Kaipacha, I'm curious if either of those cards have any synchronistic resonances for you. <laughs> where did you get that angel card <laughs> oh it's a dope deck uh actually Raphael can explain it i have the deck um the wizard of odd y-z-a-r-d uh is the creator of two decks one of them is the angel card and it's got all these cool uh art on it i'll send you a link at some point but anyway uh, um go for it yeah yeah uh well, yes, I mean, there's uh, so many conspiracy theories going on out there right now that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, astrology offers uh, to me, uh, you know, a, uh, a clear picture of as above, so below, as without, so within. Uh, it, it's it's like uh, everything mirrors everything else, and and that helps bring a perspective that is true according to natural laws and and it really kind of breaks through a lot of these conspiracy theories so that's a uh, kind of what i i'm just doing now i just 
I just actually, as we were speaking, I've uh, uploaded the today's Pele report, and it is, uh, you know, giving this week's uh, overview of of what's happening. And hot off the press. Yeah, yeah, and you know what is what is happening now, and what's coming up on Saturday is a new moon in Pisces, and that that uh, new moon in Pisces is conjunct Venus and Neptune, and. Pisces is ruled by Neptune, and Neptune is the planet, and Pisces is the sign of imagination, fantasy, hallucination, uh, you know, all kinds of deception, all kinds of mystery. It is the unknown. Uh, It's the collective unconscious out of which just about anything can appear and show up. And so... This is a time period now, particularly. I mean that we know that we're talking. The Sun, Venus, uh, Neptune are together right now. The Sun is I, Venus is love, and Neptune is uh, <laughs> Neptune everything. is everything and everything and anything. Right? <laughs> I love it all. <laughs> And, and it's uh, got no boundaries, no laws, no rules. Uh, you know, it's it's multi-dimensional reality. And w- when that comes into third-dimensional reality, there's there's very often uh, confusion. So it can also be a pretty confusing time, and kind of difficult for people to discern uh, just what is true and what is not these days. I hear that. Uh, yeah, hopefully with the North and Gemini, we're kind of coming into a place of playfully exploring the dream. Uh, and as we speak, Aquarius, the moon is happening. So what, what uh, with the sun in Pisces and the moon in Aquarius, as we're talking right now, um, it reminds me a lot of Michael Crichton's Sphere, if you ever read that book or saw the film, where it's like, mm-hmm. if you go in, anything you dream comes true. Watch it. Careful what you think about. Careful what you dream about. Um, nightmares come true. Dreams come true. So um, before we kind of dip hard into the astrology, uh, which I do want to do if you're up for it, obviously that's one of your favorite things to do, um, I kind of want to give you some context. Uh, I turned on to you, I think, about six or seven years ago. I'm not exactly sure when. There was a point right around 2013, 2014, I'd gone through a huge breakup. Uh, I was having a heavy time with alcohol, um, and I wasn't quite – I had some psychedelic experiences before and some out-of-body stuff in high school. I'm 35 now. But um, at that point, I was not, quote, woke, if you want to put it that way, or ascending, or however jargony you want to get with that stuff. And I started doing LSD once a week at one point for like a month or two, at which point I turned on to your Pele report, ironically, synchronistically, and then I couldn't unsee astrology. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, I see a Capricorn rising. I see their forehead. I see, like, a Leo rising. Oh my gosh, their chest. Oh, I just could see astrology. Like, it all jammed out really hard for me. Um, and at that point, like you were pretty much the only astrologer I was paying attention to. I wasn't so into the scene that I knew even that many people did it quite frankly. I mean, I'd, you know, seen newspaper clippings or whatever as a kid and knew I was a Gemini, but you were taking it into an archetypal, um, fun, educational place, uh, in such a way, um, that my kind of afterglow acid mind could grok it. And I was having a lot of fun with it. And then my friend, I had some friends be like, oh, if you like Hypachi, you like, you know, people we've had on the uh, podcast, like the Leo King we just had on the last month. Uh, Gemini Brett's been on a bunch of times. I know you know him. 
uh, Julia Simis, uh, Ari Moshe Wolf. He just came on the other day. So we've had astrol. I mean, we've had a lot of people that aren't astrologers on the podcast, but in, in an odd way, this has become some kind of place for me to like try to grab people that I think are fascinating slash, um, you know, really helpful on lots of fronts. And you, I would say, uh, are the grandfather of my astrological thinking, not in a demeaning way by any means. In some odd way, you remind me of my um, of, of my granddaddy who actually died, but much younger. Like I don't, I think you're Scotch Irish or have some, you know, Celtic blood in you or something. So I wouldn't be terribly surprised if we weren't distantly related, aren't humans all. But uh, there's something about the way you've presented it and the way you've approached things that's playful, um, endearing, honest, um, authentic, and honestly just a breath a breath of fresh air for me. And it's always something. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed. I don't like. Really care at some level um but i've quoted your uh paleo reports for like six or seven years on facebook like i I correspond quotes to uh images and stuff so i've been trying to turn people on to you a lot of people are fans of yours that are friends of mine so it's not only an honor to have you on here but it's kind of like psychedelic in its own way very uh you know neptune's sun venus and pisces like oh the dream does come true like a year ago we started this podcast Raphael was like you want to start a podcast we talk about everything so it's like sure, and then it started coming to like ideas of who to bring on guest was, and you, Leo King. Like there's a few people where I was like these, um, Richard Rudd. He's been on a few people where I was like, I really want to get this person on. And I buried the seed, and I'm, and here we are. So um, magic happens, folks. Believe it. Pisces season's real, but uh, it didn't come without a lot of time, effort, work, uh, even some technical difficulties. It's funny because the angel card was talking about travel. That's we were supposed to do this next week, but you're like, I'm gonna be traveling. I've got to reschedule. All good. Here we are. So that's a long-winded Gemini version of I'm aware of you, and I have been for a hot minute, uh, and your goings-ons, and I really do appreciate your shit, so thanks for coming on and giving us your time. I know you're a busy guy. Um, I would love to start, I mean, we don't have to start with single cell, you know, to uh, present day, but if you want to give us kind of drive-by history, as long-winded or short-winded as you want, uh, it doesn't have to be call me Ishmael long or anything like that, but um, kind of where you kind of grew up culturally when you started turning on to astrology um, and, you know, just the journey you've been on until recently. <laughs> you know, that gets longer every year. <laughs> That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I'm going to cut it pretty short. I usually do. You know, I mean, I was uh, born in Chicago, a uh, German family, uh, you know, uh, Catholic Republican lawyer father, uh, you know, super, you know, super straight, last of six kids. Uh, went to the seminary for high school, kind of was, you know, interested in figuring things out, um, you know, pretty early on and uh, dropped out of that as soon as I got a girlfriend and uh, took off from Chicago at 17 with a pickup truck. And that broke down, but I ended up hitchhiking to California where where I lived mostly on and off for, you know, the uh, 35 years or so, I guess. Wow. Anyway, lots time of different flies. things. You know, yeah, 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 time, yeah, time flies. I, I was, you know, uh, hitchhiking, playing guitar. I got a Harley motorcycle and drove around and did a bunch of uh, psychedelics and, you know, dealt some other substances. And, uh, you know, and then I uh, moved next door to an astrologer. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm 18. Uh, my my motto was, you only go around once in life, so grab for all the gusto. I mean, it was basically a beer commercial. 
<laughs> you and have then, not yet heard Dane Rudyard's stuff, obviously. If you're yeah, that no, <laughs> exactly. So I actually lived next door to an, an, an astrologer, and I traded him some coke. You know, we just got together because I was I was dealing at the time, and <laughs> we spent the afternoon. And this guy just absolutely blew my mind, and that was really you know turned everything upside down uh, you don't only go around once there is you know reincarnation karma you know collective uncount i mean it goes on and on and on and and so i just uh yeah at that point i just grabbed every book i could and i did charts of everybody that i knew and just did a deep dive into you know, uh, into the stars, uh, you know, starting back then. And, uh, and that was in the late seventies. <laughs> so, um, I, easy rider to astrologer. That's pretty cool. Um, so I'm kind of curious, uh, I mean, not to dwell too much on your childhood, but like you were, it sounds like you were kind of raised in a modern American wasp wet dream or whatever. I can very much resonate to that. Um, did did your parents i mean you were the youngest kid were they like oh my god he's off the rails pray for him or like how did they handle were they okay with you kind of doing your own thing how how did people respond to your kind of because you have a lot of 12th house energy um <laughs> so it's like were you just like this free spirit always and they kind of accepted that or were they worried uh mom said the rosary for me every day <laughs> if that's what you mean uh, yeah, no, it didn't go over so well with my, uh, you know, with the Catholic, uh, parents there. And we, you know, we were, we, we grew pretty distant. Uh, I, I wasn't really that close, you know, with, I was more close with mom than dad, but I was, you know, they were in Chicago. I was in California. And uh, when I took off my dad's words were don't call collect. Oh, that says a lot. Okay, I hear you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, older brothers and sisters split for California, <laughs> and, and they did call collect. So, I, you know, it was just kind of like, oh man, they're all, you know, they're all gone. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's, well, there was that's, a great uh, big disillusionment happening back then, the late sixties, early seventies, mid seventies. You know, like um, the ideals your family were coming from were being confronted head on with you know, the age of Aquarius seed spreading, basically, whether it's astrology or psychedelics or Eastern thinking, like, you know, non-Judeo-Christian strict interpretive realizations of reality or whatever. Um, it, it was pretty rough. So, but in some weird way, I think you have a good idea on this, given your kind of perspicuity, given astrology, um, they signed up for those lessons or whatever. Whether they did it, you know, it's their karma, I guess you could put it. So it's like, whether they ran through the hall or crawled, they were in that hallway uh, they asked to be uh, here during an Aeon shift, just like, I guess, part of the, the older zeitgeist or whatever, the old guard. And it seems like, you know, people from the 60s and on have been more or less new guard, um, whether that's starseed, uh, you know, assumptions or however one wants to talk about that. Um, all right. So you got to Cali. You were doing the, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll kind of lifestyle, it seems. Um, and you got turned on to astrology. What would do you remember? Like, I mean, you said it was like blowing your face other than you know, being gacked out or whatever, like, was there something specifically that was happening? Like, was he like saying, oh, this is your North Node, you need to be, a, you know, a playful mystic, you know, uh, in Scorpio third house kind of thing? Like, how is how is he approaching you in such a way that kind of blew your mind? 
well, I had crashed my motorcycle and completely destroyed my knee. And, uh, you know, he says, well, you're, you know, you're going to have knee problems. Uh, he, he told me about my parents. He told me about my girlfriend that uh, she was studying French and, uh, you know, uh, was into dancing. And, uh, you know, I mean, he just like, it was like I had never seen him before. Uh, you know, I, and he knew me better than uh, anybody else, you know, that had known me for a very long time. So I just, um, yeah. You saw the resonated. light. Yeah. Yeah. In some <laughs> way, it's funny because I just started a new job this week and I've been um, reading my, at a, a coffee shop and I've been reading all, I'm the only guy and all the um, other people are not that into astrology, a few of them now. And I'm like, oh, let me read your chart. And I just kind of do a drive by, so like a two to, you know, four hour reading or whatever. Um, and they're all like freaking out because once you have the vision and the, and the language to talk about this stuff, it's just like reading a book or, you know, a blueprint or something, a schematic. It's not on, on the one hand, it's not that uh, crazy, but I guess if you've, you know, never been literate before and then you can read a book, it, it's mind blowing. Um, right. so was there a certain school of astrology you were attracted to right away? Cause I know you were, you know, obviously Dan Rudyard is a big influence on you. Um, I have that book thanks to your new paradigm astrology. You linked it. Um, looks like a solid book because that's ironically what turned me on immediately as well. Um, it wasn't those Sabian symbols particularly, but somebody else's uh, interpretations. And when I started reading the degrees and seeing the poetic kind of interpretations of these things, it clicked. I was just like, oh, okay, okay, okay. It's like archetypal paint or something like that. And there's degree, you know, hues and different kind of stories going on. Um, but in any event, were you immediately kind of set on a trajectory towards evolutionary astrology or you were dabbling in, you know, like what was your kind of I, mindset that film that was from? Yeah, I pretty much dabbled around. I'm, you know, uh, Dane Rudyard, the first book that I read was, was uh, Dane Rudyard's book on the houses. So he took us around the, the, the 12 houses on kind of a journey. And after that, Stephen Arroyo uh, wrote a book, um, Astrology, Karma, and Transformation, which was, you know, really powerful for me. Alexander Ruperti, Cycles of Becoming, uh, was a student of Rudyard's. So I didn't really uh, bump into, you know, Jeffrey Green and evolutionary astrology till I mean, his Pluto book came out later, um, like, you know, in the 80s. So I had studied all different, you know, Rob Hand and Noel Till and, you know, I mean, all these, uh, you know, all of these astrologers because, well, yeah, I mean, my, my story goes on. But, I mean, I at one point just basically uh, dropped everything. And, I think that's uh, yeah. normal, actually. <laughs> like yeah, you oversaturate yeah. and then you're just like, whoa, I need a chill pill. Yeah, I've 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 kind of dropped everything about six or seven times and started over in my life. But uh, this particular time, I went to an Edgar Casey uh, uh, event of ancient Egypt and Atlantis, and he was the sleeping prophet, and he was a channel, and and so I uh, met this woman who said I was going to open up as a channel, and so I actually moved uh, down to Southern California, moved in with her, and started channeling extraterrestrials. <laughs> and uh, at that point, I uh, was given a, an invention. This uh, I called it the Astro Transit, and I ended up going back to Chicago, manufacturing 
It's a framed metal board with magnetic planets and signs. And I wrote this little instruction booklet. And then I traveled from New York to LA, up and down and in and out. I went to all every astrology conference and every occult bookstore. I met all these astrologers, you know, from all over the place because I was trying to sell my my astro transit, and uh, and that really, um, yeah, I met some uh, you know pretty amazing, pretty amazing folks. Nice so it's like time. the Johnny Appleseed of the New Age, it sounds like, running around. It's funny that you said that you uh, tapped into channeling uh, extraterrestrials. That's one thing Raphael does. He turned me on to Bashar and stuff. I'm not as gung-ho about that, but Raphael, if you want to speak on that for a second, you can. Nothing much to say except that it's good, you know, to have experience in all kinds of fields. It's, in my view, ultimately all tying back together, let's say. And since you in particular mentioned evolutionary astrology, I guess we'll talk more about that because I've heard many good things. Well, the thing actually about that was that, so I travel all around and I meet this woman, uh, Dr. Braithwaite. She taught mathematics at the University of Berkeley and she was friends, you know, with uh, 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 Franz Perls who started the Gestalt therapy. and. Uh, she came up with what's called the taxonomy of the structured whole, which uses the laws of physics and mathematics. And she created these vectors to connect uh, the, like any given whole, whether it's the universe or a person or a company or a nation or any given whole would operate under these particular laws. And for the universe, it was like three bubbles time, space, energy, and matter. And then they were connected with these vectors, uh, the uncertainty principle, okay, you know, connected together, you know, space, uh, you know, down, uh, you know, uh, to time. And the, the, the paradox, uh, you know, tolerance for paradoxes. And uh, so she had all these laws of physics connecting together all these principles that basically, you know, explained the entire universe <laughs> and she has a dream that puts the signs and the planets on all of her vectors and uh, and 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 she her mind is a little blown but she becomes interested in astrology and so i met her uh at uh, a, a convention in la when i was uh, selling my uh, you know, my thing. And I, I moved in with her. And she's this 70-year-old black woman that would smoke cigarettes, watch television, listen to the radio, and talk to you at the same time. I mean, she like really blew my mind and was a very, I, well, I can't, can't really explain her that much, but she told me it sounds like guides, the Oracle of the Matrix or something like that. Uh, you know, she says, you know, uh, your guides are nothing but your uh, internal instinct that you have uh, projected outside yourself into the cosmos. So it's kind of a yeah. Jungian, uh, was she like a material reductionist? 
I mean, I'm not even against that approach, but that's very Jungian kind of like projection, psychological, like, you know, solipsism almost kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, but you know, I mean, I'm like 21 or something and oh, shit. I hit, and I was just like everything that I did, I checked in with my guides, you know, am I, you know, you know, and they, and they were directing me like, go here and say that and don't do that. And, you know, I would interrupt people at restaurants and start, you know, giving them messages. <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, I was like really going around, you know? And so like when she said that, I don't know what happened, but you know, it's like it burst my reality and I actually vomited. I mean, I got, physically sick it was a very mind-blowing experience and at that point then i said whoa you know i gotta i gotta stop this channeling and so i shut the door on my guidance i shut the door on my channeling and i got into physics and I, you know, and I went back to university and I got a degree, uh, you know, in electronics engineering, you know, studying physics and mathematics so that I could figure out this taxonomy of the structured whole and, and become a little bit of her protege because she had plans for me. Sounds right in line with your uh, sixth house Chiron and Aquarius uh, with the vomiting, <laughs> like the epistemological yeah. table legs fall out. I had a similar situation in Switzerland once when I started realizing like, oh, you know, culture is an influence and then, you know, your body, like just epistemological kind of underpinnings. Yeah. And I was like, how do I know anything? <laughs> like, you know, I could be hallucinating butterfly right now kind of shit, right? Um, so it's, yeah. it's very disorienting when that happens. Uh, it sounds like you kind of, like you said, hit pause on the, the woo, so to speak and went more towards um, a pragmatic approach. How did that pan out? Oh, man. I, I didn't want to go to a four-year university, so I went to this three-year you know, degree program, which basically was just computer industry job training. Shit, right? I, all the calculus was about capacitors and inductors and resistors and, you know, all of the calculus. I mean, like all this that I was going to study theoretical, this, that, and the other thing. And it was all extremely pragmatic, man. <laughs> so I ended up just like going out to Silicon Valley and getting a job as an electronics engineer in uh, virtual microsystems was the name of it. And uh, yeah, I, I started designing computers and uh, I got married, uh, had a couple kids, bought a house, uh, you know, had, you know, had a couple cars. And Were you still into astrology at this point or did you shut that? Like, was that no, offline? No, no. The astrology stayed with me, but I didn't, I was like underground. I, I didn't want uh, anybody at work to know that I, you know, that I was into it because I didn't really want them to uh, suspect me. Weirdness. I mean, that's like the eighties, nineties you're talking about basically like eighties. I mean, the, the trend was not towards magic with a K as much as it is these days. I don't think it was more like no. you know, wall street and Coke and <laughs> computers. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, this was the eighties and, uh, and they were, I mean, I was, you know, just dealing with a lot of, I mean, these computer uh, software guys and hardware guys and, you know, the engineers. And I mean, you know, these are like super left brain wizards, you know, but definitely not 
uh, one or two of them, you know, would have leanings toward, uh, you know, the occult. Very little Empress card energy uh, in that domain. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that lasted for a while until I, you know, I had, I had a couple of kids. And then um, actually my sister uh, turned me on to Rudolf Steiner because uh, she became a, uh, uh, a teacher. And I got into Rudolf Steiner uh, because uh, spiritual science, using your thought and your thinking to penetrate the spiritual worlds. So this I took as a safe path towards permeating, the, you know, and, and moving through the veils uh, rather than uh, strictly stop Stop your thinking, let go of yourself, and be, uh, you know, an open channel. This was a German approach. <laughs> you know, uh, we are going to, you know, study the spiritual world. And so I, I got deeply into anthroposophy to the point where I uh, quit being an electronics engineer and I. Uh, brought my kids uh, up and moved out of the city and uh, became a Waldorf school teacher. And What's the underpinning philosophy of Waldorf school? Because I understand that it's stemming from Steiner's kind of um, philosophies, but what, would, I mean, is it like, um, I'm forgetting the other kind of school where they just kind of let kids run around and do what inspires them? Yeah, Montessori. Yeah, 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 there you uh, go. Yeah, no. I mean, he came up with a whole curriculum that, you know, the human being and, you know, children go through these phases and stages, uh, you know, of incarnating. And uh, the whole curriculum was art-based. It's an art-based curriculum. It is where there's no books, really. You create your main lesson books. Super emphasis card. And, and, and it's, uh, you know, all about music and art and, you know, drawing and everybody learns how to knit, you know, and, and everybody, you know, I mean, it's a very alternative approach towards and you, you learn how to read when you are ready to read, you know, I mean, and some, some kids, you know, yeah, they couldn't read until sixth or seventh grade, but actually, I know one that he couldn't read at seventh or eighth grade, but he actually became a literature wizard, you know, uh, later on. So it's a very individualized, uh, you know, uh, program where the teacher stays with the students. It's like an actual bond is formed. It's a karmic uh, connection where, you know, you take the kids through all of the eight grades and yeah, you evolve with them. And it's a, yeah, it's probably, That's probably more how so. it should be. I mean, we have such a weird systematized kind of jump to the hoop or else situation in educational systems. Um, we don't have to go too tangential on it right now, but it's like, uh, it sounds like that's more obviously, like I said, Empress card, but like an intuitive, maybe holistic, natural approach, probably how our progenitors did it. You know, if you had an inkling for hunting and you were good with a bow, you, like you did that as opposed to like everybody have proficiency in bow skills 101 and or else. Exactly. Exactly. Some kids are good at this and some kids are good at that. And you just fostered, 
you know, uh, what was, you know, what was natural with the, you know, with the child. So it, it, it worked out great. And, you know, of course, I brought astrology to the sixth grade, you know, astronomy, uh, you know, block. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, that, it was a good time, but... Um, so did you, like, ask the kids for their birth times when you... Because I, I had a teacher once uh, in seventh grade ask for everyone's, you know, birth time and stuff in our Myers-Briggs. I'm pretty sure she was psychoanalyzing us, like, constantly on the down low. <laughs> um, <laughs> were you doing that kind of thing? Being like, all right, there's the Scorpio, and they're always kind of over there and doing their own thing. Yeah, and, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's right, you know. Yeah, I would I would make my seating charts according to the... <laughs> it's like, not a gaggle of Geminis, please. And it's so funny because I... Uh, I would do. I would uh, compose birthday verses. So when all right, birthday, I like the Pele report ish, but not quite. Like the mantra, weekly, the weekly mantra that I do now really is so much kind of born out of that you know kind of experience of just you know creating these little short little birthday verses for kids. So yeah, that was a nice time in life. You know, the kids were growing up and things like that, but. Um, it didn't last for. I kind of did things for seven years, you know. I I went out Venus to cycle when you dip, <laughs> you know, and I just uh, I kind of helped my brother fix up houses and stuff for like seven years, and then I did the the computer engineering for like seven years, and and then I did the Waldorf teaching for seven years, and then I, uh, you know, I, I left uh, left that and uh, became a uh, uh, contractor. So I, I was building alternative houses and, uh, you know, straw bale houses and yurts and, you know, different uh, types of uh, alternative housing there in California. Um, so before we totally dip the Waldorf scene, I'm just curious, when you were building these um, kind of odes to the children for their birthday, what was the schematic in your mind? Were you like, I'm going to, like, I mean, you don't have to be, you know, completely verbose about it, but it's like, I'm, I'm wondering, like, were you trying to inspire them through their individual, like, chart approach, or were you like, I see this in you because, you know, yes, you can't read Johnny, but you're an amazing, you know, artist, or how are you, how are you constructing those, um, gifts? Yeah, no, it was looking at the soul pattern, uh, and, and just, you know, uh, giving some energy uh, towards uh, strengthening, uh, you know, the, the realms that, uh, you know, needed some uh, extra focus or attention or energy. And so when they would, you know, say their, you know, birthday verses, you know, um, it would just be a way of, you know, building up, you know, their uh, soul energy. That's what's up. I uh, think it definitely, like you're saying, it. I could see it having, uh, I wouldn't have guessed this had you not said it, but I could see that having kind of seeded somewhat the mantra situation. And you probably, how you read charts, I haven't gotten readings from you, but it seems like you probably approach it similarly. These skills kind of all, um, you know, amalgamate to some greater kind of thing. And then that beast is, you know, your experiences writ large all across yourself in the present moment that is eternal or whatever is going on. So you dip from Waldorf. Um, was there kind of a horror story behind that, or were you just kind of like, I'm out of here? Uh, it was just kind of a seven-year cycle situation, like you're saying. Like, were you just like over kids, or were you just like, this chapter's done? 
Well, I got divorced and, and my wife was a teacher at the school and I fell in love with the secretary and uh, it, that, that it wasn't going so good. <laughs> That's a good reason to eject, I would say. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I needed to uh, get some space uh, there at that particular time in my life. And uh, so, yeah. I was one another one of those times when I started over. I was living in the you know above the guy's garage that I, you know, was fortunate enough that he gave me a job working on his house and, you know, yeah, my kids were kind of like, what's going on? And yeah, I was a, you know, there's a there's a time, but uh, I was, and then of course I had gotten into uh, evolutionary astrology with Jeffrey, uh, and I was doing more astrology and more astrology and. Um, working with him and he I don't know actually I, I contacted him when I uh, after reading uh, Evolution you know, Evolutionary Astrology Volume 1 and 2 and I said you know uh, he's, I saw that he had a school and so I asked him uh, if he had scholarships because I was a Waldorf school teacher with three kids and I didn't have any money <laughs> and uh, and he came back uh, and said, uh, no, but, you know, you, you know, come, I'm coming to Sacramento. So I, uh, I met him uh, in Sacramento at a, at a workshop that he was giving with Stephen Forrest. And, uh, you know, we went out to lunch together and uh, he just gave me the course. Uh, I, he just said, you know, yep. Yeah, you know, let, let me just send you the course. And did you see your mouth though? Like what? I mean, is he like, oh, cool. A cult teacher. You got this run with know, it. Like the moon's at a, a 11 Gemini and his North node is at 11 Gemini. Okay. So he was like, I see my, he was like Morpheus. And you were like, Neo. He's like, I see you are the one. Conjunct your moon at 15 Gemini. Gang, gang. Yeah, no, it's Thank really weird time uh, for you know right now with the North Node there now. Anyway, um, so, I mean, yeah. was he just like, you're the guy to do, like, I mean, obviously he probably resonated with you, soul family, but was he like, oh, shit, uh, Tom, you got a bunch of skip steps, watch out now. Or like, how did, how did that whole kind of meeting go? Uh, yeah, well, he's, uh, he's definitely a unique uh, personality, and uh, uh, he just, yeah. I mean, we were with, you know, he, he introduced, you know, this is, you know, th this woman that he was with was, you know, his wife in a past life. And, you know, we went out to, you know, lunch together. And I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's looked at my chart. We've, we've had a, you know, a, you know, I mean, we've had a bit of a relationship over the years and um, yeah, he told me some things about my chart and, but um yeah, I just uh, stayed with him and and studied with him until he disappeared and went underground, you know, which is around 2001 or so. And uh, and then uh, what else did I do? At that time, I read this book called The Handbook for a New Paradigm. That was in The name must have made an impression on you. <laughs> it, yeah, it was these four little books that were channeled. And uh, it just talked about the new paradigm, which in in 2000, there weren't that many people talking about the new paradigm. So, you know, and I had gotten into Bashar, who was an extraterrestrial channel, uh, 
that also fascinated me. So I, you know, I was returning back towards my right brain, <laughs> uh, you know, opening the chakras and whatever. And so I I'm dropped just the construction. asking because you mentioned Bashar about when was that? About what year? Uh, I was, uh, you know, uh, going down and seeing Bashar and, you know, working with all of his material. This was in around uh, 2000, 2001, two and three. Because my question would kind of be initially, because that's in a sense, I would say how I got introduced to channeling through, you know, a synchronistic chain of events. I don't need to recount right here. There's an episode on that. However, point being that to me, because you mentioned in a sense, you know, there is the left brain and the right brain approach. To me, at least, Bashar is one of the most, one could say unified or for a channeler, one of the most left brain that I'm aware of. How do you see that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love him. It's, it's, uh, you know, because I, I can very much grok what you mentioned initially in terms of, you know, it's there are individuals and everyone has this phase when potentially, you know, when you first, you know, crack open and you're also kind of supposed to walk around and give people messages in the cafe because, you know, probably they really needed to hear it anyway. So I'm not even, you know, judging or saying one mode is prefer preferable to the other. It's just individual preference in the moment. However, Bashar certainly is one of those that I would say in terms of the universal laws and the simplicity and the logic that's as far as I could grok and I've seen or heard, I don't know how many transmissions, is just astoundingly succinct and uh, consistent. Good day. <laughs> A good day to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, uh, I don't know if you've seen him in person, but I've I've seen him in person yeah. a number of times. And, you know, I, I have sat down in front of him where, you know, he's at the end, you know, it's like, you know, come on down if you have questions. And, and That's the sociologically fascinating part to me, where it's like, it's one thing to kind of spit out like, okay, here's the pamphlet, you know, here's the schematic, do the do the thing. Because Raphael's way into him, and I've, I haven't ever been to him, and I've got a bunch of his stuff, I've listened to it. But so on the one hand, you know, it's like this, the teaching, we could just say, and then it's like, open mic night now, and people ask questions. And, and the level of interaction is just, as a Gemini, I find it so fascinating. Like, this is like the most bizarre, but like, sincere thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it rings true, but I don't know how to handle it, because it's not something I'm used to. I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, go on. Yeah. Just the energy that I felt. I, I sat down, right, you know, kind of right in front of him. And I just felt this like beam, <laughs> you know, these beams of energy, you know, were just like exuding, you know, uh, out of him. It was, it, was, it was a very powerful experience that was, you know, uh, physical, you know, etheric and astral as well as, you know, just, um, you know. And at that at that time, I was really feeling like I wanted to line up the uh, the signs with extraterrestrial races. You know, it's like okay, the Arcturians are Aquarius, and the Pleiadians have to be kind of Pisces. And <laughs> yeah, I was going to be. I really wanted to, you know, uh, combine and work together with uh, 
you know, uh, Bashar's material, the extraterrestrial material, and, and astrology. And, you know, I mean, I, I always do this. I mean, I, I got into Aleister Crowley's, uh, you know, Tarot deck, the Thoth uh, deck, and wanted to, you know, combine uh, more of astrology and Tarot together. And I was into numerology, and I wanted to, I, I, I've always striven to, of course, you know, uh, bring things together because they all mirror each other but um yeah you don't have to apologize for that i mean syncretism seems to be the kind of um in the renaissance period like people didn't have perspective and then da vinci pops on the scene and everyone can now draw perfectly well with perspective it seems like we're in a similar kind of um wormhole for human consciousness at this point where maybe you know it took a long time for disparate cultures to have their kind of archetypes and different you know karmas and all this stuff and now because of the internet because of a lot of things um, the harmonic convergence, according to Bashar, all sorts of stuff um, is happening in such a way that we can we have like more of a Rosetta Stone on um, life, I guess you could say. Not that uh, I mean it's tricky. It's a hollow fractal dream or whatever. It always fucks my head up. In my most lucid moments, I giggle. In my most non-lucid moments, I'm terrified. <laughs> and like you know, Terrence McKenna, it's like no one's in control of the dream. Oh my god. Um, but it seems like we're starting to get to a place where you don't have to. I mean, I'm not saying it you know specifically for you but i am saying it while you said we don't have to apologize you know if you like dream rivers and you like astrology and you also happen to be a christian cool like it's the syncretic kind of north node gemini time it's not so much south node sag where it's like you know dogma or else uh you know those days are over like you know oh infidel burn or you know that kind of stuff is not happening it's it's not the ticket now yeah yeah and of course uh jeffrey uh when he looked at my chart uh pointed me in the direction of shamanism and and so i was uh, also do, uh, doing some journeying and combining you know um yeah just being out underneath the stars and i got into shamanic astrology with uh, daniel giamario uh and yeah you know i just, I haven't gone. I haven't gone through the, the, all of this in a long time, you guys. <laughs> Call me Indiana oh, Jones. Thank you. I try. <laughs> oh, I mean, astrology is cool, but it's like, look. I mean, I'll watch your paleo report to know what the fuck's coming up next. You know, it's like yeah. that. Everyone's me. got the link below the show, so that's covered. We can talk about everything else as well. It's really up to you. Yeah. So when you uh, anyway. say shamanism was a direction he gave you, was that because of a certain aspect slash what does shamanism in that context mean to you? Yeah, I mean, he, uh, uh, it was my Jupiter in Virgo, actually, that, uh, that he uh, pointed out as uh, specifically relating to uh, shamanism. Um, I mean, I do have the North Node in Scorpio, which I also associate with that. But um, yeah, it's... Uh, so that that just had, uh, you know, I mean, I had read Carlos Castaneda, you know, 30 years earlier, <laughs> you know, when they came out. I mean, so I was into Don Juan and the Datura root and, uh, you know, all of that, you know, a very long time ago. But so he kind of rekindled, you know, this uh, just this idea of, uh, you know, journeying, you know, and using drums and, and receiving direct transmissions from the planets and the stars going out in the desert of nevada and you know laying you know beneath mars and receiving the energy from mars you know um and making it much more of a very real um 
you know, I don't want to say tactile, but you know, just it's like an imbibed experience more. Yeah, it's in, it's embodied. It's not a computer printout with uh, you know definitions from a book. It it becomes much more of a living, breathing, uh, you, you know, um, experience of you know, and that's and that's when I you know I would have to get together with people, you know, to do readings with them because there's an energetic connection, and you know, people that send you you know. Uh, readings uh, recorded or this, that, or the other without making, you know, this type of soul connection uh, to me is, it's very important. It's a, it's a big part of the work. And it also turns astrology as, as well as shamanism into a healing art and, and with an emphasis, you know, on, on this healing element and working with you know, energies that, uh, you know, have been in ways suppressed, denied, distorted, uh, traumatized, and, and uh, you know, and then I got into yoga, and right, and I got into kundalini yoga and uh, yogi bhajan, um, and again, this is working with the, with the energies and the, the ten bodies, uh, you know, not just the physical etheric astral and you know but going even beyond and and again finding correlations between the chakras and the and the planets and the signs and the astrology and the just the energy patterns of a human being and how those unfold through time all evolution occurs through cycles astrology is the study of cycles it's the study of evolution it's the study of you know how uh, manifest how destiny manifests you know through the third dimension so it just kind of naturally there was just kind of a natural flow uh, from that point i think in my life that i uh i kind of left and I, I moved out to hawaii and left uh the woman that i was with and again kind of started over with uh with pele and I lived at the, you know, at the foot of the volcano and, and watched uh, the, the lava flowing out of my bedroom window and would spend a lot of time in, you know, just laying on the volcanic rock and, uh, and working with some kahunas out there and wanting to uh, learn the Hawaiian language. And, and uh, at that point, I was going to just... Um, you know, swim with dolphins and eat coconuts and do yoga for the rest of my life. I, I actually wanted to disappear and get away from everything, and particularly people, which I found rather bothersome. And uh, yeah, so that uh, I I ended up getting a little, uh, uh, you know, one of those uh, Logitech cameras uh, so that I could Skype. Uh, with my kids on the mainland and uh, it said you could make videos so I we just went out in the backyard and did a little astro report and I uh, put that out there and I don't know what happened it was <laughs> things just at that point uh, boom this was like 2010 2011 I don't think anybody was on YouTube or anybody was doing, you know, stuff, uh, you know, online at that point. Uh, I've had a lot of people 
In fact, the Leo King contacted me. You know, he says, we're born on the same day and I'd like to do, you know, I'd like to do videos like you're doing videos. I noticed that and you I guys said, are both zero degree Leo. So I was like, oh, snap. You know, and, and, and this is like after I'd been doing it like five or six years or something. I don't know. And, you know, people... Anyway, so he saw my stuff and he, he wanted to, you know, uh, duplicate it or, you know, do. And I said, yeah, sure. It's a, it's a big, open, free world. Go for it, man. And I remember his first videos. He was <laughs> out in his driveway in the suburbs, <laughs> you know, when he first got started. That was a trip, you know. And, Not quite and course, a volcanic uh, background. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, after that, of course, I've seen. You know, uh, one after another, after another, after another, you know, uh, start doing their, doing their YouTube videos and stuff. And, well, I think a lot of people are, should, I mean, whether you want the recognition or not, like a lot, myself included, I, I do astrology readings and I can very much um, attest to what you're saying in terms of, uh, I won't just send people chart, like I want to talk to you on the phone for two to four hours. Not hard for me to do, clearly. Um but there's something about connecting with people. And I think uh, much not to get to like colonial history or whatever, but it's like much of the same way that there's pioneers um, that settle a new frontier. You settled a new frontier and other people came through and said, oh, this is possible. So I, I really do appreciate what you've done. You, you know, macheted a lot of the undergrowth for people to understand where not to step, where the booby traps, you know, um, how to be authentic. I think that's the biggest thing because astrology has been around forever. You know that. I mean, it's like an ancient art. Um, but I think it tends to be very academic, stodgy, um, you know, very uh, just not fun. <laughs> it hasn't been probably fun for a long time. And I think people like yourself bring in this element of playfulness, creativity, um, and like you're saying, syncretism, bringing all these kind of elements together to create a chimera, a kind of experience that's so fundamentally postmodern and new age if you want to put that new paradigm i mean it's a better way probably to put it where you have uh, you're like a midwife of the new aeon is how i look at it right um i don't think we're quite there yet <laughs> like we're not you know uh but it seems like we're we're leaving the old um that's the whole pluto return in america and all this kind of stuff we're dealing with now at least conjunctions last year and um you, you i mean i don't have to geek out you kind of know what i'm saying but like the the head is crowning of the new aeon and it's not birth yet the you know it's still in utero technically but it's like the internet i think is very much a um in a marshall McLuhan kind of way an externalization of the nervous system into a new domain and we're exploring ourselves in new and different ways it's fascinating um and i actually lived in oahu for two years i desperately want to get back to the islands uh but there's something about um people for sure but the spirit of the land i'm not sure if it's because it's newer earth you know, terra firma, like you were watching Earth get built and it's got a different kind of charge or what's going on, but there is definitely an aloha spirit and like and a different kind of vibe there. So I do not, um, uh, you weren't running away and trying to be with the dolphins. I think you were attracted to some real magic on Earth or whatever. But uh, anyway, maybe now would be a good time uh, since we kind of caught up to the present moment. We could talk about Costa Rica stuff. Take a quick music break if you want to go to the bathroom or anything like that. Um, and when we come back, we'll plop into Costa Rica, um, any kind of stuff you want to talk about, uh, astrologically, things of that nature. Sound good? Sounds great. Yeah, you betcha. Right on. All right. So we're back in five minutes. Welcome back. Little Almond Brothers. Fantastic. That was great. 
I don't know how familiar you are with them. I mean, I'm guessing you've heard of the Allman fucking brothers. Uh, but ironically, uh, Dwayne Allman died on a motorcycle, right? And then one year to the day on the same fucking bend of a road, his bass player died also, which is, I'm, I wish I knew their charts. I mean, I'm sure it's still Whoa. a couple. But that's kind of crazy karma weirdness, right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I love the Allman fun jam. Yeah, I... I... I play a bunch of them on my guitar. What the fucking uh, Crossroads is one of my favorites. <laughs> so I intuited correctly. Yeah, the Allman Brothers are. Uh, I mean, they don't get a lot of credit. Everyone's always like Eric Clapton or you know Jimi Hendrix. I'm like Dwayne Allman shreds, y'all. Like uh, Dicky yeah. Betts, I think was the other guitarist. Uh, they shred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. So, so we could kind of take this any which way you want. We could talk about music and guitars, or we could talk about Hawaii. We could talk about astrology. Um, is there anything pressing on your mind at the moment? I can definitely pull things out of the rabbit hole, so to speak. Well, I, I suppose you you mentioned Costa Rica, and so I, I that's a good starting point. Just kind of thinking, where I could just keep going with the with the story, with the timeline. So you did the Hawaii yeah. thing. The I mean, the timeline. Pele, uh, Pele blessed you with the Pele report, and then at some point, uh, I guess you started traveling the world a bunch. And it, it's funny because uh, you know the mothers of invention, Frank Zappa, is also not a great guitarist. Um, it seems that you're getting that little cam to talk to your kids was a necessity that created the mother of the invention of your online, uh, you know, ability. So walk us through anything on that front, and we'll keep on trucking, as they say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, the mother of invention. Reminds me of uh, Zappa. He had some good. Anyway, um, so yeah, I uh, Yogi Bhajan said the birth of the age of Aquarius was going to be on eleven, 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 and so there was a big uh, uh, Kundalini uh, gathering uh, over there in Rishikesh, uh, India. November 11th of 2011 and quick pause I, uh, I just okay so that that's what they uh your the yogi said that I was the age of Aquarius I'd hadn't smoked DMT ever uh until 11 11 like November in 11 um I got, got back from two years in Hawaii I got baptized in the Pacific I mean I lost my virginity there I have a Venus aspect going through Oahu so it doesn't surprise me all this stuff in any event um got back to the states i was in richmond virginia and i was selling weed and kind of just drinking paps and doing my thing and um i went to my dude and i was like i want something harder but not like coke i don't really fuck with that kind of stuff so uh and i hadn't gotten into acid the same way i had more recently and he's like oh here have some dmt for free and i was like okay and i'd heard about terrence mckenna and you know understood it was kind of a big deal um went home blasted off talked to egyptian deities and had my kundalini activated basically uh in the hollow mott or wherever the fuck I was. But the fact that you just said that kind of <laughs> stirred something in me where I'm like, oh, that's exactly when I was. I mean, I don't think it was the 11th day of November necessarily, but it was like, you know, but that month for sure. Pretty uh, close. That year. Yeah, <laughs> close enough. Uh, close to cigar, right? It's like, Tiger's the runner. You entered the age of Aquarius, if nobody else. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was nuts because I, I mean, I blasted off, like I said, talked to this very Saturnian, Plutonian guard or something and he's like psychically scanning me because i didn't know what to expect it's you've done ayahuasca i've never done that kind of stuff rafael's done ayahuasca so i was just like oh this would be like mushrooms man it'll be like van gogh vision whatever i put on some philip class and i thought it was going to just trip like you know mildly or whatever no 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 no. 
you know, blast off, find myself with these deities scanning me psychically, being like, you're a Christian, huh? And I'm like, what? Uh, you know, like not, I mean, I am a Christian, but the point is like, I wasn't expecting any of this jazz, right? And then as soon as I kind of got through that first guardian of the threshold or whatever the fuck was going on, this kind of Horus energy or something. Steiner. Uh, yeah. Um, I met Isis or Mott or something, this feminine Shekinah electric rainbow thing coming, came into my stomach and, you know, basically the root all the way up was like, dug, 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 and I ripped off all my clothes reverse Garden of Eden style. It was like most ecstatic state I've ever been in. And I was just like, every myth is true. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my, uh, you know, um, but that was that time basically. So I uh, wasn't expecting it. And it definitely seems to correspond with what uh, Yogi Bajan, uh, I think what you said was saying. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you said that, I was like, hey, <laughs> slight detour here for an anecdote, but this is relevant. So anyway, I digress. So Age of Aquarius popped and they said, uh, <laughs> go on with your shtick. <laughs> well, at that point, I don't know the uh, I, uh, the 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 Pele report had gone around a little bit or something, but you know, I had some people that invited me to Australia, you know, uh, and wanted to do a workshop or something, and I, that was really kind of when I started doing workshops and uh, started traveling, and I went from India down down to Australia, and you know, and back to Hawaii, but you know, I was. Anyway, I was, I was having some challenges with my relationship with my Hawaiian uh, goddess out there. And uh, I got invited to uh, an ashram uh, in Brazil, Matri Sedan. Um, and, the, the, you know, the, the, there was an ayahuasca ashram. It was, it was a very unique uh, type of setting where uh, the main uh, female guru had gone over to India and studied and, and become kind of a, a yogi, but was sent back to Brazil to uh, uh, start this ashram. And then she just, you know, did ayahuasca ceremony after ceremony after ceremony and, uh, and built the ashram. And um, they somehow got a hold of the Pele Report and invited me down there with my uh hawaiian goddess who was also an astrologer and uh so we uh, it was my first time uh and of course they did it three days a week and um every weekend and traveled around the world to sacred sites and you know brought it with them and uh anyway that was where i got the name kaipacha it was in the middle of a, a ceremony uh, staring at the fire, and uh, you know, she came over and uh, and gave me this name. You know, she didn't speak English, but she says, "Kaipacha, you are Kaipacha." <laughs> it was right out of a movie, man. Anyway, so the Leo Stellium is staring uh, into the flames. Puma. <laughs> okay, I was going to yeah, say, what does it translate to? Okay, it's Puma. Uh, Inca. Yeah, it's uh, the the Inca language for Puma, which is the guardian of the middle realm. You've got, uh, you know, the the condor, the puma, and the serpent are the three worlds of the you know of the celestial world, the middle world, and the underworld. So Kaipacha has to do with you know mastering the world of the senses, and she gave me this name and says, you know, the more that people call you this, 
the more they give you this energy, and this has to do with part of what you're about, you know, in this lifetime is to, you know, master your senses. <laughs> so, which I have to say, I have not quite achieved <laughs> at this point, you know, but uh, I, I still don't worry, we're all in process, or else we wouldn't be yeah. here. I don't think. <laughs> Uh, you dip out when you're done, I guess, or something like that. So had you done ayahuasca before? I mean, I know you had done psychedelics, you know, it sounds like in the 70s, kind of like acid or whatever, you know, yeah. drugs. But it's like ayahuasca, I haven't done. And DMT is the most profound, like ineffable is not even the right word. You know, it's hard to translate these things. Were you ready for the experience? Like how, what was, you don't have to go into, you know, trip report details necessarily, but it's like, what was that like for you? Uh, well, it, uh, it changed at my trajectory. Uh, I, I split up with my uh, fiance. Uh, we went down there together, and uh, she went home alone. And uh, that's I serious stayed, shit. Oh my god! I, I stayed down there. In fact, I never did go back to Hawaii. I, uh, I even even my guitar that I had uh, since high school. You know, she sold my guitar in a garage sale, man. Anyway, that's I, a low blow. I'm a guitarist. Know, I, I get it. I, I I stayed there, but I uh, I changed my ticket and went back to uh, San Francisco and uh, asked her to uh, you know send me my stuff that I was on a new uh, new path and uh, it was a, another one of those resets. You know, I've. Like I said, I've done, you know, five or six of these life uh, resets, and then uh, that was one of them. And, and I, you know, I, I still continued. Uh, uh, interestingly, I mean, I have never missed a Wednesday Pele report uh, since like 2011 through, you know, through a lot of different travels and a lot of different uh, personal experiences, but... I, I kept on doing that, and uh, I got invited down to Costa Rica uh, to, you know, to do a workshop. And uh, I came down here, and that is, uh, I stepped off the plane, uh, and someone, the, the friend of a friend of the workshop organizer was having a birthday party at an Indian restaurant. Did I want to go? Well, I love Indian food. And I love parties. And I had just landed and I was hungry. And so I said, sure. And that's where I met my current wife, Laura. And the full, she's a Pisces, full moon in Virgo. Uh, on her birthday, uh, we met and I basically just stayed here. I uh, moved in with her shortly thereafter. It's funny how practical yeah. magic can be. You're like, I was hungry, and I like curry, uh, and I like to have a fun time, so sure. And it's like, I mean, Bashar would say that's falling around its excitement, I guess. But um, like, it's things that interested you that led you to the place you find yourself now. It's always funny, I guess, in retrospect, when you see the dots connecting. Um, some days are more, I mean, every moment's precious, but some moments are more profound, I guess, karmically or something like that. So it sounds like uh, you stepped off the plane, took a breath of fresh air and said, here I am or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
We've actually had a guest on a few times um, named Alicia Hall Young, I think, or Young Hall Space, and she lived like in your hood, uh, in wherever you live now, um, for a year or two. I don't know where she lives. She's still in Costa Rica. Uh, she's an expat American. Um, but yeah, she was like, "Oh, I'm in the same valley. I, you know, the I guess the river that you go to has a bunch of amethyst in it or something like that." Um, oh yes, yeah, yeah. That's a dope ground. I mean, in drug culture, if you find drugs in the ground, it's a ground score. It's like amethyst in a river. That's a ground score. <laughs> the Rio Machuca is an amazing. Well, if you've watched the Pele Report, you've seen the river because you know it's across the street. And I, I do a lot of reports down there at the river. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very, very amazing, powerful, magical place. And periodically, when the bull lets you, you go to the mountaintops and hillsides and stuff. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been watching your paleo reports pretty much every week for seven years or something at this point. You know, so it's I, I, like I said, you're kind of a a drug is a small, you know, a strong word, but it's like uh, my astro fix is your paleo report. And your mantra very much wow. helps center it. <laughs> yeah, dude. No, it's it's real talk. Like I'm not just you know blowing smoke in your direction. Like this has been a uh, Jim is a real fanboy. I can attest. Oh, hard. And hard, I've hard, seen hard. the memes all around with your quotes and uh, memed <laughs> pictures. So it's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm not lying. Um, so I, I we could talk about all sorts of levels of Costa Rica, but I am curious. That river has some. Uh, you just talked about it recently in a video, but I'm spacing on what the attribute is. Like nickel and some other mineral come together and they create color coloration. That's all weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, that was the Rio Celeste uh, that I uh, just uh, went up to visit and did my last. Uh, yeah, there was a report or two, uh, a, a week or two ago. It was actually my wife's birthday again. And we went up there and we stayed on that river. Could you, did you believe that river? No, Have it was very psychedelic. Seen? Oh my God. Like it's a naturally a occurring know. situation. That's what I was like. It didn't, it looks like a chemical spill or something, but it's not, I mean, it's a chemical reaction, you know, science or whatever, but um, what yeah. was going on specifically there again? Just so people who have no clue what we're talking about can get in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. I went right up to the confluence between Oh, it's like Iron Creek or something, and you know, and, and it runs runs into this river, and the river's coming down from the volcano or something, and it's got some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know all the chemicals, but I don't, I don't. Some think particular it's sediment exists in this one runoff yeah, that yeah. meets this other river that causes what we're talking about, which is like, and then, good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, it's like turquoise it's like fluorescent it's it's amazing and it goes for when it, it is interesting because after i did the report it was really great it's when the sun hits it that it really turns this amazing light light blue so on a cloudy day it's not as blue and then when it rains and you get a lot of rain runoff it's not really so blue and it you know, it's like after I did the Pele report, the next couple of days, it's in this rainforest and it started rain. It's like I got there at just the right time. <laughs> but so it stays that blue for maybe a, a 27 kilometers before it just kind of, you know, gets diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted, you know. But, uh, yeah, y'all. Google yeah. the Rio Celeste, I guess it's called, and check it out. What we're talking about, it's fascinating. It reminds me a little of how um, I've seen images of where the Pacific and the Atlantic meet, and there's just like 
this non-mixture zone of color differentiation. The Earth yeah. is rather interesting alchemical school if we have eyes to see. Yeah, and Costa Rica is just a very magical, you know, I mean, I like the volcanoes of Hawaii and I came to, you know, I came here and there's 26 volcanoes here in, you know, in, uh, and the, the, the tropics are just, um, you know, it's year round. Mother nature is, you know, embracing, supporting. The, there's more tropical fruits than I can even remember. Names. Hence the banana report. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know? uh, that butterfly sanctuary, fascinating, um, you know, flora, fauna. I mean, I've, I would, I was in Ecuador uh, for three months and Australia before the COVID thing popped. Um, but Costa Rica is a pretty biodiverse place, like probably one of the most, uh, yeah. you know, most biodiverse places for the square mileage. Do you think you're a child of Vulcan? I mean, you do have a Leo stellium. Are you like attracted to fire earth areas or how are you looking at that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't really correlated so much and, and uh, worked uh, so much with uh, Vulcan, but um, you'll have to. I was being facetious. I, I wasn't opening you to like, you know, like a simple <laughs> myth. I was like, you know, I could have said paleo, I guess, but. Uh, I'll actually, I, actually, I'll tell you some of what brought me also to Costa Rica had been on my radar, you know, before I came down here and, and met Lauda because. Uh, Tom Kenyon is another uh, uh, fellow that I paid a lot of attention to. He wrote the, the Magdalene Manuscript, and he's a musician. He's got like this five-octave voice, and he uh, channels the Hathors, uh, you know, that are associated with the Egyptian uh, civilization and are from Sirius uh, the, and uh, connected to Venus and Sirius and Egypt and so he uh, you know he was uh, he he spoke about the energy vortexes on planet earth and uh, he was actually at one point he's, he's up in up in Seattle but he first brought me and said you know Costa Rica is one of the places on planet earth that you know has a a, a super powerful vortex of energy and 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 he was actually going to like be coming down here and and uh doing something and that was back oh gosh you know maybe 20 years ago or something you know that so that kind of like boom that first like lit me up you know and then you know i started hearing more about it they don't have there's no military you know there's no army here they, Super green you know, culture. I mean, as far as I can it, tell. Yeah, you know, it's uh, all of their energy is uh, hydro, so they don't have they don't have any uh, coal or oil or they're, they're not burning anything for their electricity, and it's uh, yeah, it's you know a quarter of the country is uh, natural parks, you know, so twenty five percent of the you know the land here is uh just well i mean some of it is wilderness because you can't possibly penetrate the jungle guy <laughs> you know? says no um it's funny because we've had some guests on um sam is one i'm thinking of rafael right and alicia there but uh in costa rica sam is on the coast though 
Um, he's a graduate, uh, I think, either of, I think, NYU uh, or Columbia. I forget. Columbia. Columbia. Okay, yeah. See, I screwed this up last time. Anyway, he's doing a lot of cool stuff down there. Um, but kind of, you know, a, a millennial kind of, it seems like a mecca for a lot of people who are on the wave. There's the whole um, Envision Festival, right? That situation going on. Um, which I have friends who are part of that. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, there was a guy who, um, well, he was on once, but he and a few people. Um, actually, before COVID, I was going to go down there. They're like, we have a place. Come on down. We have the biggest stage in Costa, outdoor stage in Costa Rica. Come do some stuff. Um, it was going to be a hostel, but because of COVID, they've switched over, and I guess they're now making some product with locals and doing something else. But he used to be a Google lawyer or something like that. He's like a sun moon Aquarius or something cool guy. His name is Rick, I think. Um, I'm spacing on his name now. But um, it sounds like there's kind of a new wave, a new paradigm. The shift is happening, uh, and people are finding that more hospitable on a lot of fronts. I mean, would you say that, I, I, you know, sometimes like San Francisco in the yeah. 60s was like kind of a wave, like, okay, we're all going there. Um, do you think that's the kind of same idea, sentiment happening now, like a new colonial, I mean, colonialism is a hard word, a new uh, pioneering spirit is going there? Yeah, I mean, I almost hate to talk about it because I get emails and Facebook messages and <laughs> I'm coming, you know, I want to come to Costa Rica. Where should I go? What should I do? And then, I mean, I, I could become uh, some kind of a tour guide or real estate agent for Costa Rica. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's, well, there's a, a side gig. Hey. Yeah, there's a, a massive movement, you know, of, uh, you know, of people uh, seeking some sanity and uh yeah and this is a very uh sane uh place to, you know to be and to live and uh yeah nature i mean is very i was gonna say nature you can connect to nature anywhere but it seems like uh especially tropical kind of places um it's paradisical and a lot of people tend to be you know cubicle city commuting like you know like people in milwaukee don't know what the fuck's going on in terms of like natural beauty though don't get me you know like i was saying all of guy is beautiful in its own way like the marshlands you know the lakes of minnesota but there's something very specific about um those you know hawaii costa rica um these kind of tropical paradise places that draws the imagination and the spirit in a very particular way and apparently there's vortexes so i mean that adds the mystique as well obviously uh, so what's your favorite? I mean, I, it looked like, um, I, I don't know what your situation is now, but I remember you doing some videos from like a huge kind of construction yoga thing you had built. What's going on with your life in Costa Rica these days? Well, actually, I mean, I, I when I came down here, I uh, was invited to uh, the Envision Festival uh, that uh, you, you mentioned. And uh, Stephen Brooks is the, the fellow that... Uh, does that and he's invited me to speak there a few times and uh he is uh also associated with uh echo via uh la echo via is a uh condominium slash community that uh, he started as a permaculture community and uh you know there's just a, a we have a big organic uh common garden and uh, they've got an alternative school and a uh, big biodigester, the biggest one in Central America or something, I guess. But, uh, you know, recycled roads and things like that. And uh, so it's a bunch of people, you know, that, you know, came together. And in fact, uh, now that's, that's all filled up. 
but Stephen, he lives across the street from me, so we're kind of buddies. And uh, he's started another one, AllegriaVillage.com, uh, with 150 lots. And so we've got a lot of people that are seeking, like I said, you know, to uh, you know grow their own food and live in a toxic, somewhat toxic-free environment and... You know, if you can put up with the scorpions and the tarantulas, and <laughs> you're probably <laughs> going to be all right. But, you know, it's... Uh, and the howler monkeys, own, so I hear. <laughs> yeah, the howler monkeys are out there, you know, and they'll wake you up at like four or five in the morning. And, uh, you know, but it's... Uh, I love looking out the window and watching the monkeys, uh, you know, from my living room. It's, uh, I can't imagine it's being on psychedelics and like seeing a monkey. Oh, shit. Like, uh, that <laughs> yeah. thing is bipedal. I think you would and, love it. Uh, yeah, you'd no, probably I, start I, chasing them, Jim. <laughs> uh, hopefully not, uh, but maybe having telepathic moments with our common ancestor or whatever's going on. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little about astrology, uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about Costa Rica, you know, yeah. favorite parts, yeah. worst favorite, scorpions, that's not ideal, but I mean, no place is perfect. That's the one thing about Hawaii that was awesome. It was like, there's no snakes, there's not really, you know, deadly things other than maybe you know a great white shark out there or something like that um but yeah costa rica and australia have a little more uh the beauty has a price tag i guess you could say uh, there's um you know deadly creatures well, I, before we leave costa rica like what's your favorite you know kind of bullet um points uh, aspects you know the green living it seems like kind of a woke is a strong word but it's like you know um it seems like burning man people who have their shit together are going down there basically mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Yeah, it's uh and what's that, your, what's your like my, least favorite yeah. parts, I guess also I'm curious. You know, and and uh it's uh you know the Caribbean has its own special beauty that's different uh than the Pacific and the the cloud forests uh you know have a different uh energy than uh Chiripo, which is rather deserty. Um yeah, you know, so there's you know there's a a, a wide variety of uh, you know um, microclimates uh, down here that is is also beautiful and of course the beach and in, in fact I actually do want to you know I would like to spend more time at the beach and closer to the beach um, you know that's where where I live the river is beautiful but it's still like forty five minutes out to the beach. And, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, it's just kind of natural and there's no army and the, it's Pura Vida is their pure life. You know, Pura Vida is the, you know, hello and goodbye, you know, kind of thing down here. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a laid back, you know, a far more laid back, uh, culture, very simple people, you know, farmers, uh, markets and things, you know, I mean, people, uh, people are really living close, close to the earth uh, here, at least outside of San Jose. And I really appreciate that. So we recently had an Iroquois. Um, I'm not sure if he's like an elder or what Raphael had him on. He's a friend with him, actually, and they hung out. Uh, but he was talking about, I guess, in a native lore, um, like the Europeans are people of the fire Asia is essentially people of water. 
um, Africa's people of the air, and then I guess the Americas are more people of the earth. So it seems to kind of go with that vibe. Was kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially, it's uh, it's really nice. It's really nice, and particularly during these times. I mean, if you want to get into the astrology of it, Uranus going through Taurus. <laughs> you know, Pluto moving through Capricorn. We've got some, you know, uh, some tower card Earth. moments. <laughs> yes, you know, uh, and you know, I, I think that actually food production uh, and food distribution is going to become uh, more of an issue as uh, you know the climate uh, continues to change. And yeah, I think that, that this place is very. You know, it's like food year round, you know, uh, the fruits and, you know, I mean, just like everything is blooming and blossoming and growing all the time. And it's got coffee and cacao <laughs> and, you know, all the necessities <laughs> are, are right here, you know. So it's a, it's a, it's a really beautiful place. So like I've said uh, many times now, I've been watching a Paleo Reports forever. Let's talk a little about astrology um, and just to caveat, I mean, it seems like you're going, I, not that you're beholden explicitly to evolutionary astrology, but it seems like that's the cup you draw the most uh, liquid from. Am I right in presuming that? Yeah, I kind of felt like when I, um, it, it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I you know, Jeffrey uh, kind of uh, disappeared on me when he went underground and then I got involved with uh, Daniel Giamario and did shamanic astrology and at one point, he appointed me to be the director of his school until uh, I deviated from his whole sign house uh, system, which I tried and didn't like, and I didn't embrace it. And he said, you had to use that house system to be a shamanic astrologer. So I got out of that school and I, and I, w I went with, uh, you know, Maurice Fernandez and I studied with him for a while. But you know, and we were going to start a center in Hawaii together, but we had a little bit of a falling out. And so I just went through teacher after teacher after teacher, man, <laughs> until I until I finally said, you know, with my Saturn and Sagittarius, wow, I am, the I guess I'm supposed to be the freaking teacher myself. So <laughs> I, you know, I so I started New Paradigm Astrology and I, I kind of felt like it's a blend because I was into Uranian astrology uh, uh, quite some time ago uh, when I first, you know, with uh, Gary Christian uh, over there. Um, and so I've, I, yeah, I have, and I got into cosmobiology, uh, you know, with Ebertine and Alfred Witte, uh, you know, uh, the, the German, uh, you know, guys that got all into, you know, very you know, techy, uh, different harmonics and, you know, anything. So, uh I just kind of felt like I was a, a, a major blend, but you are correct that Jeffrey and evolutionary astrology is, is my core. It is my, you know, I, I, I am, you know, uh, really um, enthralled. The, the shoes fit, so to speak. I mean, it feels right. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious um, on some of the points, because I've gotten some of his PDFs and I haven't read, I started reading them and there was at a time when I just, I was you know turning on to a lot of things at once. So I wasn't focused enough to really grasp what was happening. Um, I'll definitely reread them at this point. Uh, maybe you're reminding me to do that as we speak. Um, so was it, can you explain a little about skip steps 
what what do you see in this model that kind of resounds so strongly for you? And I'm curious why you're anti whole sign. Um, I've looked at my chart in whole and in plastic and many stuff, and I'm kind of curious as to uh, your your thinking on that front. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, you know, the whole sign. I I had used uh, Placidus when I started, and then I switched over to Koch, uh, and I, uh, you know, d then did uh, Porphyry with uh, Jeffrey, and when I went back, uh, you know, with Maurice, I got into Koch again because he's into that, and um, so I and and so I had and I had clients, and I had been doing charts for a number of years, and then I switched to the whole sign, which took my whole 12th house uh, stellium and moved it into the first, because uh, at that time I had my wrong birth time, and I thought I was a Leo rising. And so, you know, I, I, had, I was a 24 degrees Leo rising for uh, 63 years of my life. <laughs> I think I remember Until, watching the video of you breaking this news. You're like, shit has changed. Uh, I, it was a talk about a mind fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, so the whole sign like is like, you know, I I don't have, you know, six planets in the first house. I, I am definitely a 12th house person. So I just like, I never related to, you know, the whole sign in that way. And then, of course, you know, uh, it just, as far as transits, I use the houses, you know, uh, uh, a ton, you know, the progressed moon and progressions and you know, everything go going through the houses, you know, is uh, so uh, fundamental to timing uh, of events and for doing readings for people. And anyway, when, when I started using the whole sign, I just had a number of clients back to me and go we liked the reading that you did for us you know before you used the whole sign house system clear pepsi <laughs> and, isn't real pepsi what's going on here <laughs> yeah i mean that was a you know that was a clear thing and i just remember going on a hike with uh, daniel and uh, we had kind of a parting of ways at that point so um that's the whole sign the skip steps uh yeah, I mean, Jeffrey basically uh, uh, said that, you know, he he lived in a Vedic monastery for quite some time. And uh, the whole Pluto book that he got was downloaded uh, in his dreams in, uh, in Vedic. And his job was actually interpreting and translating it into English and writing it down. So again, I got this, uh, you know, sense of kind of a channeled material, you know, coming from, you know, uh, a, a greater source. And uh, he was the one that came out and said, you know, Pluto represents the soul. And your past life experience and where you're coming from. And that connected with the south node of the moon the ruler of the south node of the moon and the moon herself of course can give you this uh timeline and uh you know uh describe and uh help you to understand your past lives and where you're coming from and then he was the first one to come up with this notion 
that the Pluto polarity point, 180 degrees opposite Pluto, as you move towards that point, that is your evolutionary journey. That's your evolutionary path. And how do you get to that point but through the north node of the moon? So you're able to enter a chart interpretation with a timeline. You're coming from here. And, you know, Pluto, south node of the moon, you know, sign, house, aspects to those, uh, the ruler of the south node gives you your entire past and your future intention for this lifetime is laid out with the Pluto polarity point, the north node of the moon, uh, the house and sign and aspects of those along with the, the ruler of the north node of the moon. So there's this whole kind of, you know, uh, planetary method of chart interpretation that, you know, that Jeffrey, you know, really just kind of boom, you know, laid out in, in, in first few chapters of his first volume in his book that I think I got in 1985. And, um, and that to me, that is just kind of like the Bible. I mean, it's like he goes through the 12 signs and that's mostly what the book is. It's just the 12 basic archetypes. Now you're referring to the skip steps. What he says is that when planets are square to the moon's nodes, it indicates a soul that has made steps towards, inroads towards that north node, towards that future destiny, but it was maybe premature. You played hooky. Not, you didn't stay in school or whatever. Didn't do his homework, you know, uh, wasn't fully prepared, wasn't, you know, it was just kind of uh, overly anxious or whatever, and bounced back to the south node. So there's this bouncing back and forth between the north and the south node. And, you know, what the what is the homework that they didn't do, right? You know, the you know, what what was not integrated in order for them to successfully get to the north node is the planet that is square the nodes. Okay. Or planets. Yeah, I think I'd have the eyes to see what you're talking about more clearly now, but when I first started reading it, it got very jargony very quickly and it overwhelmed me. I mean, this is like five uh -huh. years ago probably, and I was just like, oh God, I have no clue what's going on. Now I'm coming more into astrology, so I'll give it another shake for sure. Um, but it see, uh, your presuppositions tend to seem, you know, very open. I mean, obviously with Bashar and stuff, like it seems, you know, you've said it plenty of times worth, you know, Souls going. Yeah, I mean, journey. if you rediscover your right true there. birth time sixty years later or something, you know, you gotta hold on loosely, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I found out I'm a Virgo rising, so I have to get my shit together instead of just have fun. Derp. Um, I guess my question would be: um, <laughs> Do you think that the point of life, I guess, is to become the most well-rounded, you know, elemental? being you can be you know and it seems like we play in different kind of terrariums of experience uh elementally speaking you know sometimes we have more grounded nature being you know like you're saying virgo and jupiter and then sometimes you're like oh i'm a you know so the moon gemini okay it's time to be very airy now do you think ultimately do what do you think that i mean this is a big question and there maybe is no answer what do you think the purpose of the school is is it to become the most well-rounded kind of olympian or is it just to like you know drive through and, and see what's going on in the zoo or how, how do you feel about the, the meaning of uh, the meaning of life in relation to the soul's journey via the chart 
Well, I'm 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 of the uh, notion that you know we are in we are all infinite spiritual beings uh, of 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 infinite potential, and we choose to uh, have a individual. It's, it's like we are the expanding universe. The universe, spirit, source, creator is expanding through each one of us every time we have a unique, original, creative impulse. So, you know, uh, we, we chose, you know, uh, as these infinite spiritual beings to individualize and, you know, just kind of focus, uh, you know, infinite potential like a ray from the sun. You know, it's like I'm going to, you know, the, the sun is just light and it differentiates or individuates into individual, you know, beams of light. And so I think that, you know, we are each unique expressions that come down through multi, multi dimensional, dimensional, dimensional. We give ourselves a soul and the soul comes into this third dimension. And that's where things start getting sticky. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, uh, we, you know, we come into and we give ourselves an ego and the ego's job is to keep the physical body alive so the soul can have a third dimensional experience. So the ego lives in separation. This is mine and I have boundaries and and you know uh, that's not you know that's not yours that's mine and da, 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 da. and so you know what happens is you know we've all had so many lifetimes and you know we have mistaken our ego for our true identity so many times and we have fallen into separation and uh, lost sight of the soul spirit nature and done shit and you know uh, kind of created uh you know uh, you know a, a number of different lessons so like i mean i do chart readings for people you know day in and day out and uh, thousands of charts and everybody has a very unique and it's not just one purpose okay you know by the time you've had a few thousand lifetimes you've got you, you got to clean up this and polish that and uh, you blow uh, up Atlantis, you got to deal with and, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so everybody is really differentiated so much and individualized so much that, you know, we've all got a, a number of purposes for coming back. And a lot of those purposes are for cleaning up the messes that we made before. Now, if you want to look at a common thread or a you know, a common purpose, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, Jeffrey also goes into the different evolutionary stages. Actually, Dane Rudyard, Dane Rudyard uh, first elucidated these evolutionary stages that we can kind of look at as the school of planet Earth. And of course, you know, I do workshops, <laughs> you know, you can talk for days Okay, you know, about the evolutionary stages, how we move, you know, from coming in uh, as new souls, you know, to the earth school uh, into the consensus uh, stage, which is 75% uh, of the population. And which, you know, after hundreds of lifetimes, you know, 
uh, breaks out of that into the individualized stage of uh, consciousness and evolution. And that's 20% of any population. And, and after hundreds of lifetimes, you know, with that, you break out of that into the spiritual stage. It's about five or 4% of the population. And, and you, so, you know, everybody's kind of like in different stages, different, you know, uh, places uh, with different uh, capacities and, and uh, different strengths and uh, different challenges. And so it, uh, but, you know, it really comes around and around and around. Like, you know, to me, it's like Buddha and Christ and Mohammed or whoever, you know, I mean, it's like, yes, there is a graduation point. And, uh, you know, for me to, I would say that to me, that graduation point, you know, is just loving, loving everything that is, loving everybody, loving all of creation, you know, loving the messes, <laughs> you know, loving the, uh, I mean, uh, you, you know, you can't get out of here, you know, uh, until you love everything. And the other, uh, the other one that I would say, you know, is just really uh, having, you know, to do with this kind of, um, uh, you know, embracing, as Bashar would say, all that is, and, and, and being one, and, and uh, coming into a place of, you know, opening the crown chakra, the, all of the chakras, and, and um, experiencing this, uh, the unified uh, field, you know, where, you are, um, you know, stories are dropped and karma is dropped. It seems like we're kind of in the intermediary phase where people are, you know, with cancer culture and hyper individualism. I mean, Aquarius is this rebellious hyper individual thing, right? So it seems like everybody's got yeah. tattoo sleeves, everybody's got, you know, uh, is a shaman now or whatever it, you know it's not like the 1940s where everyone wore white t-shirts and had a cigarette pack and said you know rode a motorcycle or whatever you know it's like that was edgy then the edginess factor is like increasing so it seems like hyper individualization individualism is a running rampant it's like almost a cliche now but at some point i guess there's this weird paradoxical dilation between you know be the awesome you know pokemon that you are but you are part of the movie entirely so like you're saying have compassion very emperor's card have love for everything in a very kind of uh inclusive way and i guess that's when it you know you, you have the buddha smile i guess i, I mean I, I don't really under, i'm not I, I don't think there's like one answer that's going to you know uh circumnavigate the whole thing so i'm not ever really looking for that but this podcast has been a, a journey of me struggling with paradox basically and rafael well, holding my know, hand actually Jeffrey in evolutionary astrology steps in again and says, you know what, basically, basically, very basically, all desires emanate from the soul. So Mars is desires. Mars is the lower octave of Pluto. Pluto is the soul. And within the soul, we have two dualistic coexisting desires. The or the Bible to, might say the flesh and the spirit or something like that. Yeah, it's the desire to separate from the source that created us and the desire to return to the source that created us. And just like the wave upon the sea, the process of individualization is the wave wanting to separate from the source and individualize and get in touch with its own unique potential. And, just, and it could even be a white cap 
you know, maybe uh, we have a few, uh, you know, bubbles <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, crashing, you know, whatever. But, but eventually, eventually there is this, you know, return. And part of what he's saying is releasing separating desires. And at some point when you, you know, and every desire that you have, whether it's to have a cup of coffee or go out with somebody or, you know, whatever, do a podcast, every desire that we've got is you can bring it down. It's either a separating desire or a returning desire. And yeah, so you just want to sit with that for a little bit, Jim. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one to sip on. And I've definitely heard you say that. Um, I, I mean, I remember you saying that a few years ago, maybe when you were in India or something, I remember you saying this and it hit me, but like a, like a distractible child that I am, uh, I just forgot the lesson. So, um, I'm kind of curious about one or two more things then we can start winding down. Uh, you have been talking a lot about the harmonic force, uh, coming in. And, uh, and I think that was a Steiner kind of, uh, thinking, uh, going on there, uh, you kind of corresponded to more, you know, Elon Musk, AI, uh, transhumanist kind of energy. Um, I guess afraid isn't the right word, but how are you yourself trying to cope with a reality that's digitizing and, you know, going in that direction? And what would you suggest people do? I guess obviously that depends on their karma, their chart, et cetera. I get that. But it seems like this sh the shift is happening in such a way that cryptocurrency probably will become the new norm and you know internet is here to stay and you know like maybe we will start checking out the uh, solar system a little more um physically uh you know with uh, space transport or whatever um clearly people who do ayahuasca and stuff and meditate they already do this but it seems like um the whole species is kind of getting an upgrade but it's in a very specific way uh it's not so much like Piscean, you know, Christological kind of heart space. It doesn't feel as much now. It seems like it's going more towards mental and technocratic. Um, anything you want to say on that? Yeah, well, you, you know, you summed it up pretty good there. Uh, basically, our harmonic forces are uh, hardening. They're hardening forces. And it is, uh, you know, just like concrete that is drying, <laughs> you know, uh, it gets harder and it gets harder to penetrate. And, uh, and, and so the, the, the spiritual forces, and this is just kind of, you know, um, my, you know, what I'm kind of, uh, standing with, you know, these days is to, uh, maintain a spiritual life and a connection to spirit because the, the Aramonic, uh, uh, beings, uh, you know, are about um, technology and about hardening and about separating and uh, actually making a kind of a spirituality a joke, kind of a, uh, you know, a, like on the fringe, like, uh, you know, maybe uh, China, you know, or communism or, you know, where it's just... Uh, you know, atheism, or it's just like the material, physical world. 
material physical science, uh, material physical possessions, material physical pleasure, material, 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 material. It is the ultimate that materialism becomes the supreme uh, goal, <laughs> you know, whoever has the most toys, you know, wins or whatever. I, this is just like a, it's kind of an anti-spiritual you know, a development where it's all mental, it's all technological, it's all ones and zeros. There's, there's, it's all, you know, square waves. There's no more sine wave. I mean, there's no, so it's, uh, yeah. Um, it is something that, and Aquarius is, uh, you know, very much about extraterrestrial intelligence. And, and just look at the size of the, you know, look at the ETs. The size of their heads and the size of their heart chakra, which one is bigger? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, when you look at the heart chakra, some of the. So does Jabba the Hutt have a massive heart chakra? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, really kind of in the space of really kindling, uh, you know, the fires and kindling the feelings and, uh, and connecting with nature is a way of doing that and watching sunsets full of color and, uh, you know, uh, you know, watching the fish and the water and, uh, you know, it really brings up this human quality, this feeling quality, this heart centered uh, spiritual quality that uh, is, I, I believe, somewhat threatened. Uh, by uh, modern day living and the speed of, uh, you know, technology and the speed, uh, and of course, the electromagnetic fields of 5G and a number of other factors that are in a way kind of drying up and hardening and, um, yeah, making things uh, dead, yeah. So right, I'm always kind of curious about the cause and necessity of that. Like it seems like with yugas and stuff, like like there seems to be you know denser times and less dense times. And it, on the one hand, um, if people are ignorant and going through those things, that's one thing. But on some level, one you know, it gets tricky for me um, when I'm like, what's not? On the one hand, I can naturally just go, this is all spiritual, you know, like we're all in a dream. And then that's kind of passive. And then another way would be like, you know, okay, the tech route is less heart centric than the, you know, burning man crew yeah. or whatever. Um, do you see what I'm saying? Like, is that a false dichotomy we're placing? Or do you, do you think all this stuff, I mean, it seems to be happening. I guess Raphael is always trying to con console me is a strong word, but it's like, we're preferring this dream right now. So this is what people are dreaming. I've been trying to console you, but. What I want to point out briefly is that even with this, the way you frame it, even you're saying this is apparently what's happening. Well, yeah, kind of. But the thing is, just like with, let's just call it the crisis last year, pressures on certain ideas, for example, you understanding and taking responsibility for your own health and all kinds of other factors has been very much increased. And certainly that's the agenda. And I completely agree. That's the aromatic force in Steiner's terms. As far as I understand, I noticed through dark journalists, he even predicted in about 1920, when he already saw together with Vasily Kandinsky, who, whose book I had read uh, about the spiritual and art, and already about 1900, potentially earlier, they could already see materialism getting a grip and could already predict everything going to shh because of that. 
And Steiner back then said, well, if there is a chance, then it's going to be in about 100 years. And that would have been from 2016. So whilst I see this increase of pressure, I also very much see this in a great state of flux. And I'm always surprised if people can see something or some news or Elon Musk doing whatever he's doing. And people are like, oh, this is going to happen. I'm really, I wouldn't bet on that. Let's just put it like that. Not saying that some people aren't super into that, but I don't even see so many people interested in it compared to how it is being hyped and also compared to what is actually being offered. Yeah. Right, which gets into the Plato's cave kind of thing. I mean, between media and politics and stuff, we're being told certain narratives as predominantly accurate pictures of reality, which might not be the case. So Costa Rica might be, you know, the way you live there might be way more normal than someone in like Tokyo. But people in Tokyo think that's normal or whatever. Well, I think that the, um, yeah, and, and what Steiner pointed out, uh, mostly and basically is just very simply that consciousness and awareness is key and is really all that is necessary. It's not like Armin is bad, right? And I mean, there, you know, it, it's not like technology is bad. I mean, they, we're, we're not in a place of, you know, painting, uh, you know, black and white and positive and negative. We're, you know, th th these are very powerful, intelligent, spiritual forces, uh, you know, uh, you know, beyond genius <laughs> that have, you know, you know, major uh, contributions and gifts, you know, to bring to the future. And the only thing is, is that if we don't recognize them, and and we kind of uh, you know uh, are enthralled or blown away or just kind of submit, th then they get kind of uh, big heads. <laughs> you know they get uh, they get swollen up a little bit to to uh, to the a place where they uh, can feel that they are really more. Uh, of God or whatever than they really are. So it is kind of up to us uh, as hum as humans, you know, to recognize these beings. Otherwise, unconsciously or undetected, uh, you know, or unknowingly, we can kind of, in a way, kind of, uh, you know, fall prey or whatever to, uh, you know, blindly uh, losing our uh our our power our, our you know our 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 spiritual identity our our souls i don't know if that makes sense but totally makes total sense and what i just like to point out as you're also familiar with bashar to me it was very clear because i want to say i'm able to actively listen and understand but this is if there is any let's say quote unquote warning contained within Bashar's material in particular and many other channelers, especially those that follow up the whole gray timeline. To me, which what came across very clear, which is absolutely in line with Steiner as well, is that Bashar actually says we already went down the route of in terms of law of one, Ra, one could say negative polarization, put in a different way, basically only activating the first three chakras and skipping the fourth and the fifth, which is unconditional love and self-expression which are both only possible within a positively polarized system that actually allows for diversity. And then basically we've turned into the gray aliens. 
and that timeline already happened and that is one part let's say of the heritage that Bashar is coming from and has recounted the story many times and yeah and sometimes find it funny how people miss the interconnections which to me seem very obvious and also in a sense the great chance that we even have at the very least a channel whatever this may be exactly right that's telling us that there is let's say an imaginative realm of a future possibility where we already made all these choices leading towards let's say material reductionism and all kinds of other issues that can be clearly discerned for example through steiner and we've already done that and guess what it was a dead end and guess what they had to come back to us here actually to continue on their species so i'm like this is super obvious like which path to take at least for me but kindly if you have any view on that or if you're aware of that storyline yes exactly <laughs> you know the grays came back because they couldn't even like reproduce anymore i mean they, they the big had edit blown. undo <laughs> it's like oh shit you know uh, dead end. yeah yeah i uh, so i i mean i am totally there and this is this is where, you know, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I also see it as a little bit of my own personal uh, quest <laughs> with my son conjunct Uranus in the 11th house. <laughs> you know, You're here to break, up, uh, break it up and shake it up, man. Well, I'm happy, you know. <laughs> you know, to find my heart space and to, you know, and open that heart space and, and warm, you know, warm up that heart space is, uh, you know, um, Really, um, in fact, I just wrote this poem. What is love? Uh, you know, it's a, and it's a journey around the zodiac that these kids take. You know, looking at the different aspects and elements, and yeah. So I, I, I feel I'm really tied into this. Uh, you know, very personally, and it's a, but it's a humanity kind of a, a, a you know, of a quest. You know, to really open up like you say, the fourth and the fifth chakra. And uh, this is kind of where the magic is, where the warmth is, where the light is, where the love is, where the connection is. And um, that's the place to uh, dwell, you know. I would love to check out that poem at some point. I don't know if you post it or whatever you'll do with that, but that sounds fascinating. I'm sure you did a good job. Um, in kind of closing, it sounds like, you know, Buddha is always like, ignorance is not bliss. Like, don't fucking close, keep your eyes sealed shut intentionally. I mean, like you were saying with the skip steps, everyone's kind of in a different classroom, you know, have different study skills, and maybe they're more or less prepared for the test at hand. So it's not, you know, it's not universal in that sense, but simultaneously, um, we're all in it together, the royal we, as the big Lebowski might say. Um, and we're all kind of floating through the thing together. And I guess the idea, it seems at this point, is, um, you know, Raphael, and uh, he's always quoting it, but Bill Hicks is, you know, it's love or fear kind of thing. Um, and that's really the crux point at this point. And the Dolores Cannon kind of situation with, like, you know, worlds kind of splitting. It seems some people are, you know, getting more and more fearful. Three masks on, give me 18 injections. Um, please tell me what to think, feel, and say. Uh, just so I can feel comfortable and that's their karma. And then other people are not on so much on that wave. Um, and I guess, yeah, it's just a matter of, you know, it's a sorting hat in Harry Potter. We're all just kind of trying to figure out where we vibe best. And hopefully we can all have compassion towards each other on this strange magical mystery tour. That is, um, Hypoch, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's just like, you know, a dream come true for me clearly, but like, I think a lot of people will benefit if you guys aren't into astrology, 
check out his Paley reports on YouTube. We've got a link for that. It's a real kind of, um, uh, you know, grokkable, digestible kind of approach to things, and you'll get a heart and creativity infused in it. So it's not just straight, you know, factoids about what's going on in the heavens, so to speak. It's it's also very, uh, you know, you talk about Rishkagal a lot, and you know, different mythological kind of elements that bring it to a higher dimension of coloration. Uh, very much, you know, Dorothy going into the colorful eyes uh, is how I look at your astrological approach so thank you so much for coming on um is there any kind of last thoughts or you know parting statements you want to say well just thanks for having me it's a, a wonderful to meet you uh jim and Raphael. uh this is this has been a real pleasure and uh yeah i uh i appreciate and uh uh want to you know give you thanks for your work and for these discussions and for you know just kind of spreading consciousness and uh, uh helping uh, everybody you know wake up to uh other realms uh because uh, that is uh just so uh, it's very healing and i think that uh you know we're we're in some uh times now and uh you know times lying ahead where um it's uh more and more uh, people seeking for a greater meaning, uh, a greater purpose, uh, a greater sense of connection to all that is, and uh, your your work is uh, you know helping to do that. So thank you. For sure, uh, yeah, midwives of the new aeon, I think, right? But no, straight up, you've helped me a lot, and I and on a personal level, thank you very much, um, guys. Check them out. Uh, as they say in Narnia, further up and further in, this dream just gets keep getting weirder. So have curiosity. The North Node is in Gemini. Conjunct my natal moon. But ask questions. Don't think you know the answers. That's kind of the bottom line. It's okay to have preferences, but don't get rigid. That's um, the, Like you were saying, the forces and the times are going to be very constrictive, rigid, and hardening. Um, we need to be the lubrication so that it doesn't all kind of crackle. Uh, Raphael, any last thoughts? Yeah, baby. There you go. Okay, there's the trademark. Uh, yeah, baby. Allow everything to be as malleable as it truly is and enjoy yourselves. Thank you so much, Kaipacha, for joining us. Okay. Namaste. Radio